talking about faith as such and how our Christian lives are and a Christian, our walk with God is defined by our faith and our, and our ability to trust Him. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. We are not driven by the things we see in the natural realm. We are driven by the things that we can see with our spiritual eyes because we see things through God's perspective. Amen. And as I was reading through this, the one word that jumped up that goes very close to coast with faith and this morning is commitment. Dare to trust Him. Talking about commitment because when you say you trust someone or something, it means you have to commit to that person or to that thing. Because think about it and I, I got, I know this was as I was preparing, I got this, I don't use object lessons a lot. But this is something that I feel the Lord just laid on my heart and I know it's kind of silly but you've got to realize because this is what the Lord showed me. I can say that. This morning, now I hope I don't fall, but hey, we got people full of faith here, so. Because I can say I trust this ladder a lot. I can say I trust this ladder a lot, and I can say and talk about trusting this ladder till, what, the cows come home? What is the saying? Whatever the saying is, I don't care. The chickens come home? What? Sorry? Cows. It is cows. But on long... Let me put it this way. Till I am willing to totally commit to this ladder, my words mean nothing. And the Lord showed me that we have people in churches across this land and across this world who are willing to commit to God just in this way. They say they trust Him. They say they love Him. They were ready to do things for Him. But all they do is they are this way right here because they are unwilling to commit and put into actions their words. I trust God with my finances and we stand like this right here. I trust God with my family and I stand like this right here. I trust God with my job in every situation in my life, but I'm not willing to totally commit to Him and stand on Him because commitment is trust. Amen. If you trust Him, you have to commit to Him totally. Amen. Are you willing to commit to Him? Because trust is just words unless you're willing to commit. And what God is looking for is commitment, not people who say they trust Him. Right. Commitment. Commitment. Let me say this. Total trust requires total commitment. Amen. Total trust requires. There's an action to be done. Requires total commitment. And commitment is a step of faith. It is a step of faith. I have faith. I have to take that step of faith and stand on that first step if I want to really learn to trust God. Many of us are stuck. Many of us are stuck this way and we wonder why we're not getting to the next level. 
Why are we not getting that breakthrough we've been looking for? Why are we not getting that promotion that we've been talking about? Why are we not getting this thing that I've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for and it's passing by me and everybody else is getting it, but why is it not happening to me? It's because we are not able to put our actions, what we are saying, put into actions what we are saying. If you say you trust him, be willing to commit to him too. Be willing to commit to him too. We live in a world which loves buffets. Because in buffets we get to pick and choose. We can't do that. Commitment is you take something and you go with it. We love buffets because we get to pick and choose and nobody can tell us to do one thing as such. We're fearful. A world that is increasingly fearful. We love our choice. That's the problem. We love to have the choice. That's why we have, how many channels do we have on TV right now? Do you anyone even know? Way more than we can watch one every day probably. I don't know, one every hour and we still won't be done with all the channels in a year probably. We love our choice, but commitment is deciding something and sticking with it. Sticking with it. The key to life is making good commitments, of course. Make better, good commitments and less bad commitments if you want to say this. And I just got basically five practical ideas and commitment. Please understand, Romans 6 says what? And I'm reading from the Living Bible. It says, give yourselves completely to God. Give yourselves completely. That's total commitment. Give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you. For you have been brought back to life. And you want to be tools in the hands of God. Used for his good purpose. That's what the Bible says. Give yourself completely to God. The highest commitment you can make. Is when you give yourself. Give your life to God. And total commitment, Romans 12, 1 says what? God, because of his mercy, what do we need to do? Offer ourselves as what? Living sacrifices. A sacrifice, there was no coming back from that. That's commitment he's talking about. A sacrifice is total commitment. Please understand, commitment will always involve a cost. Commitments can never be free because then they have no value. Commitments have a price. There is a cost to pay. So let's get into it. Five commitments that I feel we need to have to strengthen our walk with the Lord. Number one, to strengthen my faith, I must commit. I must unite with others in worship. I must unite with others to worship. Worship is for God, but we all know that as we worship, it blesses us too. As we worship, it blesses us too. And we are not called to worship God individually. Yes, that happens. Sorry, let me say that. Not only individually, but we are called to worship God corporately too. We are called to worship God together because as we worship Him, He renews our faith. He renews our strength, renews our hope that we have in Him. Those that wait upon the Lord will what? Renew their strength. That's what worship is all about. Worshiping God together has a way of renewing our strength, both personally, but also as a group. And I'll be honest, and you all probably relate to this, because there have been 
Sunday mornings when I've been so tired that I really didn't want to make it to church. Now, that's bad if you're the pastor, especially, you know. But I know there have been times in my life where I didn't feel like going to church, but I went to church anyway. And I can tell you a guarantee when I came out, I just felt renewed and refreshed. That's what commitment is all about. Because if I go to church and hang out with people who are worshiping God together just because out of compulsion or duty, you're going to miss out on the renewal that he has promised. We come together to worship him, to renew ourselves, renew our strength. We need to be committed to coming together with others and worship God. Amen. The Bible, what does Psalm says? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to thy house. Of the Lord. I know a kid who said I was sad. I know because I'm like, oh, well, my parents dragging me to church every time. It doesn't say that. I was mad when they told me to go to church. I know people don't say that too. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because when we come together as a group and worship him, it renews our strength. If we want to strengthen our faith, we need to be committed to coming together as one body to worship him. To worship him. First commitment gives us strength, like I said, spiritual strength and also physical strength. I don't know how it happens. It does. It refreshes our souls and then it just refreshes our bodies physically too. That's our first commitment to worship regularly because it energizes us. The second commitment we want to talk about. And I feel this is really important because I've been learning this more and more, a lesson that God's been teaching me more and more. To discover my identity and my purpose, I must connect with others in fellowship. Now that's something we don't think about a lot. But like I said, God's been dealing with me the past few years, especially in this, in this aspect. Now, don't get, don't get me wrong. Our primary identity is found in Christ. I'm not talking about that at all. That's a given. But I must connect with others in worship because it's only then that I learn my true identity. It's only then I will learn my true identity. Let me make a statement. You'll never learn who you really are by yourself. Think about that for a minute. You only learn about yourselves in relationship to others. Because if you were born in the middle of some kind of uh, rainforest and never met with anybody else, you wouldn't even know that you're a human being. Identity is formed. Yes, in Christ, but it's also formed when we fellowship with each other. Our identity, and not just identity, our purpose. Our purpose is found when we fellowship with one another. And we've got to commit to fellowshipping with one another. Fellowshipping with one another. Romans 12, again, it says, we are like, and I'm reading from the message, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from Christ's body as a whole, not the other way around. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? He just puts it in such an interesting way right there. Because our identity is found in and within the body of Christ. 
If I had a year, and my year, okay, if I'm a year, and if my year is chopped off and lying on the side, does it have any meaning and purpose at all? No. Same thing with my eyes. If my eyes, I know it sounds gruesome, but if my eyes are just rolling around on the ground there, apart from my body, does it have any meaning and purpose? No, it's the same way with us and the body of Christ. If you really want to find out who you are and what your purpose in life is, you have to learn to be connected to the body because outside the body, you have no meaning and no purpose. So commit to fellowshipping with others. If you want to discover what God has or what God's purpose is for your life, don't try and run away and be by yourself. You need to learn to commit. Even though you hate hanging out with people, you've got to learn to do that because that's what the body of Christ is all about. In the body of Christ, you learn your purpose. You learn your purpose within the body of Christ. Again, our identity is definitely found in Christ. But if you want to learn why we exist and what we exist for, we've got to learn to be connected in relationships. Now, let me say this. Your purpose changes if you're connected in the wrong relationships. When you are connected to the wrong body, your purpose, your identity changes and your purpose changes. That's why you need to commit to a body of, let me say this, Bible believing, truth speaking, encouraging body of Christ. Because when you get connected to a body like that, you find your real identity and real purpose. To commit to fellowshipping with one another. Let me be. You will never have, you will never fulfill your purpose. Let me say this, and I know it sounds harsh. You will never fulfill your purpose, your real purpose for which God created you, if you're outside the body of Christ. If you are on the outside, you will never fulfill the real purpose, the destiny to which Christ has called you and created you for. So be committed to the fellowship. Be committed to the fellowship. And of course, we know one of our primary jobs is what Paul talks about. We are called to be what? Ministers of reconciliation. Not just on the outside world coming in, reconciling outside people to the Lord, but within the church too. We are ministers of reconciliation. Does my interaction with Dan build the body of Christ? Does my interaction with BJ and Sandra build the body of Christ? We are called to be ministers of reconciliation. We build the body of Christ. That is one of our purposes. God called us into fellowship. Honestly, thinking about it, I don't think I've been... I've been in America, what, almost 15 years. I don't think I've sensed how divided our country is like it is right now. If there's a need for reconciliation and ministers and people of reconciliation, it's now more than ever before. And that's one of the things we're called to, but we will never fulfill that purpose if you're not connected to the body of Christ. You can go outside and there are a lot of people who do it and they, do, they have success in reconciling two different groups. But real reconciliation happens when we as the body of Christ act like Christ and reconcile people to Christ. Amen. We are called to so commit. Amen. Commit not just worshiping God but also fellowshipping 
with one another. Number three, to develop my potential, I must learn from others to grow. I must be willing, humble enough to learn from others if I want to grow. That is the only way I can develop the potential that is within me. If I want to, I have to be, this is the truth. If I think I've got it all figured out, I will not grow. If I think that I've got it all together, I will never grow. I will never develop the gift that God has already given to me if I think I've got it all together. It's only when we are willing to learn from others that we grow to our full potential. We've got to be committed to learning from one another. Learning from one another. We grow, please understand, we grow because of relationships. We grow because of our relationships. And I wrote down some points here. You can only learn and understand forgiveness only in relationships. You can only learn loyalty in relationships. You can only learn true love in relationships. You can only learn about kindness in relationship. Without relationships, you won't learn these lessons. Commit to learning from one another. That's how we're going to grow individually, but also as a church. When we commit to learning from one another, commit to learning from one another. If I want to reach my potential, I've got to be, learn- I've got to be willing to learn. Be humble enough to learn from one another. Ephesians 4, it says, for Christ's body, Christ's body, and this is from the New Living Translation, Christ's body is fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it keeps the other parts it helps the other parts grow it's when we do our part we build each other up we build each other up because we do our part we learn from one another we lean on one another and together that's how we grow in christ that's how we grow in christ it was an interesting book that came out a few years ago it says if I'm so successful, this is the title of the book. If I'm so successful, why do I feel like a fake? If I'm so successful, why do I feel like a fake? And that's actually called the imposter phenomenon because a lot of successful people are very empty and feel like fakes. Think about that for a minute. Because we define success very differently in the world out there. But I know a lot of successful people who really are really, really empty on the inside. Successful people struggle with relationships. And again, I'm not against success. I'm not against prosperity. I'm not against blessing. God wants that for us. But it will only reach its potential in relationships. And let me make a statement as I go into point four. We're not called to be successful. We're called to be significant. That's what we are called to do because a lot of successful people struggle with significance. If you take a poll, and I don't have the statistic, I was looking for it in my notes, but a lot of successful people struggle with insecurity because they don't have real relationships. Because they always think, okay, what does this person want from me? What does that person want from me? Or that person just trying to get back at me for something. 
What we need to aim for is not success, it's significance. And that's point number four. And point number four, to experience significance, I must be willing to serve with others in ministry. That's the way to feel significant. And now again, I'm not saying you create your identity based on the ministry you do here. But when you have a sense of accomplishment and significance, it's because you have learned to serve others, not just you. You begin to serve others and not by yourselves, but together along with others. That's what really gives us significance. Don't go running, like I said, don't go running after success. Don't go chasing after significance either. Just serve and God will give you that significance you want. We don't go running for recognition. We don't go running to say, hey, see what a good job I'm doing serving. We just serve and God brings that significance into our heart. That's a different, I don't know how to say it, but it's that sense when you lay down in bed, you know you've done your best and you know God is pleased with you. That's all that really matters at the end. But we've got to be committed to serving each other, but with each other too. We've got to learn. And Peter, 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you has received a gift to use to serve others. The gifts were not given for us just for us at all. We know that. The gifts were given to us for what? To serve one another. Serve one another. Your talent the talent that God gave you is to bless someone else next to you. The, ta- the talent and the gift God gave someone else is for you to bless you. You've got to be willing to serve one another. The only way you can really find significance in your life is if you're willing to lose your life. And no, if you got that. The only way to find real significance in your life is by you being willing To give it away. Because when you try and save your life, you will lose it. But the Bible says when you lose your life, what? You will find it. Significance comes by your willingness to lay it all down for something greater than just you. Something greater than just you. Please understand, you're never called to serve by yourself. I've been in ministry for a while, and one of the lessons I learned right in the beginning as I was training for a pastor, to be a pastor or a minister, whatever, it says never try and serve alone. Never try and serve alone, because this is what's going to happen. Either you're going to be real proud and see how much I'm doing by myself, or the second thing that will happen is pretty simple. I'm going to get burnt out because I'm trying too hard by myself. We are never called to serve by ourselves. We're called to serve as a team, if you want to call it that. We're called to work together for God's glory, not individually for God's glory. We are called to work together. Please understand, one can, what? God doesn't do addition. He does multiplication. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can, what? Not two thousand, ten thousand. We are called to work together. If I can do so much and someone comes along and helps me, we just don't double. We multiply. That's what God talks about. So when we say we can't do it, I'd rather work by myself. One, you're going against what the word of God says by itself. 
oh, I'd rather work by myself. That is not what God is calling us to. Because when we work together, we maximize our impact for the kingdom of God. Amen. Maximize our impact for the kingdom of God. Uh, Ecclesiastes says what? Two people are always, and I'm reading from the New Century Version. Two people are always better than one. Because they get more done by working together. If one falls down, the other helps him up. But if it is bad for the person who is alone, but it is bad for the person who is alone and falls because no one is there to help. If two lie down together, they can share the same blanket and stay warm, but a person alone will not be warm. An enemy might defeat one person, but two people together can defend themselves. And a rope that is woven of three braids is hard to break. We are called to serve together. Please commit to serving together. That's how we're going to multiply the impact we have as a church. I I love what God says. He says, I will be with you through the end of the age. That you is not just one person. We always take it individually as God's call on our lives. That you is all of us together. It's all of us together. We know this. Satan can easily pick us off one at a time. But if we stand together, he can't. We can defend ourselves. We can defend ourselves. We accomplish more than just what we can do on our own. Please don't think you can do the best job you can. Let's put it this way. You will never be a set. No, let's rephrase this. You will never reach the total potential God has for this church if we all work individually. We will accomplish what God's purpose is for this church when we work together. That's when we will accomplish God's purpose. Please don't think that the whole thing, and this is, I've said this so many people, so many people. I've got to work myself out of a job. That's what we got to do in every ministry, in everything we do. Work ourselves out of a job. Because if the ministry stands on one person, if something happens to the person, that's a dangerous place to be. We work together. We work together to build the kingdom of God. Commit to working together. To maximize our effectiveness, maximize our impact, reduce our failures. Because if one falls down, someone else is there to pick them up. Commit to working together. And number five, I just want to put this out there. To make an eternal difference, I must partner in the Great Commission. Commit to missions. We've got to learn to commit to missions. We do that as a church right now. How much do we give to missions right now? Approximately, yeah. $530 a month. I know we can do more. But we need to commit to doing that. The great commission is simple. Go into all the world and what? Preach the gospel but also what? Make disciples. Disciples. How can we do that? We either go, we send, or we partner with those or support those who are out there. That's what we are called to do. Not just, you know, sit in a chair and do nothing. We support them in prayer with our finances. We support missionaries already. But I know we can do more if we do it together. 
We are called to, our commitment has to be for missions. Please understand, the purpose we exist as a church is so that the word of God is preached around the world and people will come to know him. We don't exist as a church just to make each other feel good. That is not what Christ called us to do. That's a benefit. Yes, we encourage one another, build each other up. But the primary purpose we exist as Radiant Life Church is to see the lost and see them saved. That's what the Great Commission is all about. And we as a church have to be committed to doing that together. We partner together to reach the world. Partner together in the Great Commission. We go, we send, and then we support missions. Here's the thing that I want to conclude with right now. I always love the example of uh, Paul uses the Macedonian church in 2 Corinthians 8 as an example. Or is it 1 Corinthians? I forget. Whatever. They were not a rich church. They were a poor church. But he commends them because out of their poverty, they gave generously. But the key is this here. The reason they were able to give, and if you read the verse right there, it says because they gave themselves to the Lord first. And because they had committed to him first, they were able to give generously way beyond what they could really afford. We've got to commit to God. That's number one regardless. But then we've got to commit to seeing lost people be saved. We've got to commit to seeing the lost be saved as a church. Commitment started with this. Your commitment is a reflection of how much you really trust God. Your commitment is a reflection of how much you really trust God. To strengthen my faith, I must commit to uniting with others in worship. To discover my identity and my purpose, I need to commit to connecting with others in fellowship with each other. To develop my potential, the gifts God has given me, and to learn to use them, I must be willing to learn, to humble myself, to commit myself to learning from others so that I can grow to the fullness that God wants me to grow. If I want to really experience that feeling of significance and accomplishment, I need to commit to working together with people. Working together To be willing to serve others with others in ministry. And if we want to make an eternal difference in people's lives, I've got to commit to missions to partner in the Great Commission. Bow your heads with me real quick. It's just nothing mind-blowing, but just something that's just so practical. So practical because we say we trust. We say we want to see God's kingdom be established. We say we want to see this church, not this church, the church being built up. We say we want to see lost people come in to be saved. But the challenge is to be committed to doing this. To be committed. First and foremost to God. That's just a given. I'm not even addressing that right now. But 
be committed to fellowship with one another. Be committed to uniting together, gathering together to worship because that's how we strengthen our faith. There's something about getting together that gives us a sense of security. When I'm all by myself, I may get scared. But when I'm together in a group, I don't fear as much. I don't fear because I know, yes, there's security in numbers, but I know my strength is multiplied when I am with others. My strength is refreshed and renewed. When I gather in worship with my brothers and my sisters. I might be challenge you with this and it's something I want you to think about too. If you want to discover who you really are and if you want to discover why you're even here, your purpose. Let me tell you that you will never find your purpose outside the body of Christ. You'll never find your real purpose outside the body of Christ. It's when you are in, connected to the body of Christ, that's when you really find your purpose. I wish it was always a, as soon as I come to church, I just got it all figured out. No, it takes time as you learn from others. As you build the gifts, as people pour into your lives, as you fellowship through the good, through the bad, through the ugly, whatever it is. That's how you build your, that's how you build your faith. That's how you find your identity. That's how you find your purpose as to why you exist as such. Be willing to humble yourself. Commit to humbling yourself to grow. To learn from others because that's how you grow. Be committed to serving. If you want to experience and significance and that sense of accomplishment that comes, you have got to be willing to serve something that's bigger than you. Because if you serve just yourself, your gifts are not just for yourself. And if you use them just for yourself, you know, me and my family, that's all I'm really bothered about. Let me tell you this. You will never sense that or get that sense of accomplishment and significance. It's only when you learn to serve others. Learn to serve something for a greater purpose than just you. That's when you have the sense of significance and accomplishment. And again, please understand, we're never called to minister alone. Never called to minister alone. Let me say, no one ministry in the church is better or greater than the other. Whether you're on stage or you're just picking up a wrapper that's on the ground, you're picking it up and throwing it in the trash can. One is not greater than the other. Together we accomplish, we complement one another. We have got to learn to work together if we want to see God fill this church with people. Don't ever let the ministry you do be dependent on just you. Yes, there is commitment. Yes, you're the lead. Yes. 
Gather people around you so you can work together. We increase our impact that way. It's not simple addition, like I said. It's not a thousand plus another thousand. It goes from a thousand. It goes to 10,000. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for that kind of impact from our church right now. Not just impact one or two people. I'm ready for God to impact hundreds and thousands of lives through this church. But we've got to be willing to work together. God, I just pray, God, you give us as a church a sense of commitment, Lord, to the Great Commission too, Lord, to missions. As individuals, as families, God, may we be stirred in our hearts to work, to commit to working together. Will we always get it right? Probably not. Will we always get along great? Probably not. But we are committed to a greater purpose than just serving our own needs, God. This morning, once again, we commit to you, God. That's where it all starts. And if, if you have doubts about that, if you're struggling with that, if you have questions about committing your life to Christ, I just pray that you just do that this morning because everything else flows from there. commitment to give your time your your talents your treasures your just a commitment to giving yourself up to something that is way greater than you God I pray you God right now for you to reveal God the purpose why I am here show me that Lord this morning Show us that, God. Reveal your plans, God, that you have for us right now, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up and worship God. And if you want to just... This is about God. It's between you and Him. And what He's looking for is a greater commitment. But you will be committed. You say you trust Him, not commit. Go all the way. Surrender ourselves to Him totally. Just let go and trust Him. He will never disappoint you. He will never let you go. He will never let you down.